We're back with another episode of Faces of Our Cities. I'm your host, Jesse. Today, I'm actually meeting with somebody that uh, I found a few years ago. We've had this really wild last couple of years getting to know each other. His name is Chris Inman, and he's in Cleveland, Ohio. And a few years ago, I was in need of someone who was Cleveland-based to help me with, I think it was maybe live streaming and video production. I just needed somebody who knew people in the creative world in Cleveland, someone that I could count on. Uh, And I think if I remember, Chris, we maybe just tracked each other down through LinkedIn. Yeah, you just sent me a message on LinkedIn and you're like, hey, it looks like you do live streaming, video production, all kinds of random things. I need a contact there. Yeah. Because you were in Milwaukee at the time. Totally. And I was and going back just, and forth, but yes. yeah, I needed somebody because our team in Cleveland was starting to dwindle down a little bit. And yeah, uh, it was right before COVID. Yep. And we were still doing live events. Yep. And, and yeah. And I think one of our our first projects, it might have been the very first, but if if not, it was the second. But it was uh, I had to get down to Florida to do a webcast down in Florida. And I needed someone who actually knew the technology because I didn't know any of the technology. I was literally just like the face between our our company and the customer. And, oh, yeah. and I was walking in being like, I mean, I think I know what looks good, but I don't actually know how to like get <laughs> it to go from the camera to the internet. So, Oh, yeah. We had a couple cases of gear and I traveled with like four laptops <laughs> to make it all happen. Yeah. I had to carry that stupid thing. My backpack ripped from the day of the <laughs> travel even. I think, and I think if I remember right, on our trip back, we, we had spent like 48 hours, maybe even a little less than that, in Florida. And we got delayed on our way back. Yes. Our trip was, oh my goodness, it, yes. it was, I think it was Baltimore. We were stuck in. <laughs> yeah. And yes. I do remember one of my favorite things about traveling with you is how, how willing you are to go to new restaurants. Like you're oh, like me that, things. yeah, you, you refuse to go to, travel, right. Oh yeah. I mean, why would I eat at, you know, an Applebee's in Florida when I can get that in Cleveland, <laughs> you know? And so why would you even go to Applebee's in Cleveland. I, I think though like we I remember having sushi in Baltimore with you and I remember like yes. a Brazilian restaurant or something like I that. Think so we had yeah, like I'm pretty sure. Like mind blowing definitely some unique meat. Yeah, I think we did go to an all you can eat meat place. I think it's not good for your cholesterol. No. <laughs> that are I remember there being like a big tomahawk steak and me trying to convince you to like do it together it was like a couple's thing and i was like i know we just met but like you want to do the tomahawk and i don't think many men would join you but i'm i'm weird like you yeah yeah so well i mean again to this to this day i i am so thankful for linkedin and being able to connect with you it's not a normal way that creatives actually connect um like linkedin is not usually that normal for them to yeah. In fact, I find a lot of creatives that way, but they don't respond very often on LinkedIn. A lot of creative people don't think LinkedIn has value. They and I can somewhat understand it because you when you get into the industry early on, you you make your like core group and you 
you just move up with your core group. Um, and hopefully a couple of those people like go on to be directors and producers and they take you with you. Um, or, and but what's interesting though, we both work in corporate production. Like you were working for, for Aquint and you guys have corporate clients and I deal with corporate clients and it's yep. like a whole different world because we're a B2B, whereas a lot of people go in the video production and they want to be in a film or they want to work yep. in Chicago, you know, for Chicago fire or something like they want to do a big production. Whereas I'm unique. I like working for corporate production. I think there's a whole avenue there that you can really help businesses out. Yeah. No, I'm totally, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, because uh, I had gotten into it by accident and I was like, oh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm a creative now. I mean, not really, <laughs> but like, I guess I am. And um, I really had no interest in, you know, going on to make the next, um, you know, blockbuster movie or anything like that. And so corporate um, video production was was a pretty good fit for me. Um, it is, and it's fun to tell brand stories. Yeah, so it well, let's get into out. that. So, uh, you know, because the, the, the relationship that you and I had was, you know, more or less you were my go-to, like, freelancer in, in Cleveland. But since I've moved uh, out of the Midwest and we haven't talked for, like, eight-plus months – um, there's some been some pretty big changes for you. I want to say, I think you launched your company idea Cleveland. Um, before you tell us what idea Cleveland is, can you tell us just the whole, the, 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 the 10 minute version for the sake of this podcast of like how you got to creating idea Cleveland, which is the name of yeah. your company, correct? Yes. Idea Cleveland, Inman digital and vision agency is what idea stands for. So, you know, like when you found me and for many years before, I was just working in the video production world. I started off as a PA in 2000 at a company and, you know, you're just doing errands, you know, you're running cables, you're packing a truck. And then I moved up to lighting and camera and all that. But there was something that, that bothered me about the whole system that I just never really thought about until later on in my life here is that when people work in that industry, they create content that makes them happy. They're like, oh, look, we got a drone footage. Look how beautiful that is. Oh, we rented a steady cam, which is another expensive piece of gear. Look at this shot. And everyone's obsessed about the way it looks and all that. But what they always miss is how does it help the actual client? And I started thinking about this and I'm like, man, we're creating all this content. We're spending all this money and it's pretty irrelevant. It's not moving the needle for people's sales. It's not moving the needle for people's leads. It's just making us look good. Like we can do what we're making beautiful images. Great. And it's interesting because it, it, it's kind of a good thing to be like, you want to make nice stuff. You want to be proud of your product that you're creating. And I'm not saying this stuff that I make now, I'm not proud of, but I'm proud of it for different reasons. Like if I, if I can generate leads for a customer and build their brand, build their brand image, get them leads, you know, get that, that nurturing campaigns where their current clients buy more from them. It's easier to sell up a current client than it is to find a new client. We all know that. So that's mainly what I do now is I help people do that. But the content is very simple. Now I say it's simple, but so many don't do it. 
It's totally. kind of interesting. It's a I mean, podcast it's like to, this. Yes, this is a prime example. You're building your brand, Jesse. Right. Everybody knows who you are now, and people are going to want to start getting to know you. They're going to look for you for help and assistance. They know that you're going to be a point of networking because you're going to know all these random people. And that's going to help your brand. And your personal brand goes with you wherever you go. That's who you are. And uh, I just think that's that's what people should focus on is building a brand, especially people that are in that service industry. You know, like if you own an IT company or a travel agent, a physical therapist, maybe, you know, in the health field, like a mental health professional, finance, accounting, there's so many there, you know. If you build up your personal brand and build a following, those people are going to trust you. Yeah. I you I mean, you're spot on. Right now I work in in advertising and you know, I would say a chunk of my my clients are are big gigantic brands, right? Uh in in you know that have a 30-50 person marketing team, maybe more, right? Plenty more yes. that I don't even know about. But a really large chunk of the clients that I work with are solopreneurs or small business owners or they're, they're lawyers or accountants, uh, financial advisors. They're, I work with a ton of doctors and dentists. And the, the opportunity there to build your brand is um, it's kind of this this um, wide open field of opportunity, in my opinion, in a lot of I industries. Agree. There's just not a lot of, say, like dentists in Houston that are putting out really valuable information on a regular basis, getting people to know who they are. There's like one, right? And and they I'm might end up there's one. on television, you know? But it's not because they're better than everyone else it's just because literally they're the only ones that have actually done anything <laughs> mm-hmm. right and they've yeah. all, they're the only ones that have shown that hey i can actually be on on camera and i know how to talk right and they've they've built up their reputation and um i think that they're like you said like if you're in their services industry like there's just there's this huge wide open field for for opportunity for you to start building your brand to do all these like little things that just really the main thing is it doesn't even require that much creativity. It just requires consistency, you know, consistency. Yeah. And absolutely. And that's, I think that's the hardest thing. It goes back to the, there's an old school saying in marketing. uh, You have to, people have to get to know you like you, then they'll trust you. Hmm. Yeah. Anybody that's studied marketing, they've heard that phrase over and over again. And that's what you need to do. You need to build those three things. Yep. And you'll create a following. Right. Right. And yeah, that, and you don't trust you. You don't need a following of three million people. Honestly, yeah. like when you're especially when you're like say a local service provider, you don't need a following of, of half of Houston. You probably need like a really strong core following of like a hundred fifty people. Maybe yeah. maybe more, but like probably not over five hundred, right? like a hundred really solid clients, you're probably going to be busy enough for the year. Yes. You know, a hundred clients that you service once a month is crazy busy. If you think about it. Right. Right. I won't take any more than like two freelance projects a month. <laughs> if yeah, I had like, exactly. If I had a hundred, I'd be like, Oh wow. I have to hire people. Gosh. 
No. Quite Scaling overwhelming. back. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I think like it all begins with a lot of people don't comprehend. Now, I always say this too. When you go into business, there's two things you don't know about and you didn't really want to do. That's accounting and marketing. You didn't go in business to be those two things. Right. They both are horrible and they're painful at times. Yeah. So, you know, so let, let's talk about that marketing side because that's kind of like where I content marketing. It can be so effective and it can really improve your business in so many ways from brand awareness to improve your SEO on your website to just nurturing your current clients and building up that expertise that you provide to your, your, your providers, you know, the people that you serve. And, but so many people think that like social media, you just put ads out. Oh, I'm going to buy some Facebook ads. I'm going to buy some Twitter ads. Yeah, but that's not really building a relationship. You're just sell, sell, sell. We all have gotten that LinkedIn DM where somebody connects with you and instantly they have the product that's going to change your life. Yep. You never respond to those people. No, crypto right? guys are my favorite. <laughs> crypto guys, yes, exactly. They are the best. <laughs> they think that somehow we all live in a bubble. We have never heard of Bitcoin until they magically connected <laughs> with us. Yeah, we all live under a rock, Bitcoin people. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I think what's very important, though, here's another saying I like. I like saying stop selling start helping make all your content around that yeah i mean okay so let's let's talk about like what we're doing here and how this is content marketing basically jesse yeah all right yeah sure so today we're recording a podcast on this amazing platform riverside.fm yep first time i've used it oh really but hey it looks nice. Yeah, like I use it? another software. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, what you, yeah. There's what another you... software I use. It's very similar. I don't need to name them because this is great. No, okay. And I was so I've used Zencaster, but I like this more. I'm just oh, Zencaster is the one I've used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have great. to show you the other side of this. So. Yeah. So this is great. So the two of us are having a conversation. We're recording it in audio, recording on video. You can make this the YouTube video. You'll make this a podcast. Great. Now you have two pieces of content now all right so everybody's listening or watching you could do this this is simple now go download descript that's another software you can edit in descript and then you can transcribe in descript and now you can make that that this whole transcript of today edit it up make it a blog put it on your website now you get your keyword search so now you've helped your seo on your website you embed the youtube video on your website you got a podcast for people to listen to while they work out they got a YouTube video, which is the second largest search engine on the internet. Holy cow. Now we're working in, in fast gear. Only thing we haven't done is social media. Well, the script. Take a small clip. Two minutes and 20 seconds on Twitter is your max. So that's what I recommend to people. Clip it. You can do the open captions in the script. Add graphics. Do the works. There you go. Now you put those on your social media. Link back to your landing page. Backlinks. Another SEO trick. And then you have your landing page with a video or the blog. Holy cow, look at that. And it's not overly complicated. A lot of people think the whole content marketing and doing this is complicated, but it's not. Right. It's that simple. Right. No, I, you're, you're, you're spot on. It, um, I, I'm a huge fan of, of Gary Vaynerchuk and of, 
a lot more things. I'm a fan of a lot of things. Some things I'm not, but most of the things he says I'm a huge fan of. And a few years ago, he had broken it down very similar. And like, I, we see this a lot in corporate America, a single piece of content is created. Right. And, or like just the podcast is recorded and nothing's ever done with that. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's opportunities for, I would say anywhere from 10 to 20 pieces of things to be made from say just one recording like this. Right. Yeah. From conversation. Yeah. And so the amount of value that you can put out there to your audience is so much more than than most of us are taking advantage of. Yeah. I mean, it builds your trust. Everybody then do, begins to understand who you are. Everybody has a side and they all have something special that makes you different than your competitors. And you start talking about that things like I came out years ago, like when YouTube came out in 2018 and says, hey, we're going to accept vertical videos and different size videos. I thought that was great. We all watch things on TV, on YouTube, on our phones. We hold our phones vertically. I went out and I was like, yeah, we should all make vertical videos. They need to make a camera vertical and everything. I got pushed back by so many people. People thought I was crazy. And they're like, yo, you can't do this. Vertical, no. TVs go horizontal. And I'm like, but we're all watching on our phones. This is the future, is our phones. Let's be honest. We have these 70-inch TVs in our house, and my kids are watching YouTube on their phones. It's crazy. And I, I, So everybody, no matter what industry you're in, there's something like that that you believe in. And that's what you just are talking about. Things that help out your clients be better. Stop selling to them and just start helping them be better at things so you got to figure out who you are who do you want to help and how you're different from your competitors those are your three things that you know really get you get your brain thinking about that kind of content you want to produce do you um i i guess um when you're working with clients and and uh you're going through with through this with them most of the clients that you're encountering um are they a, a part of the way through the process or or have they not considered any of this and you're working with a lot of people from the ground up um that are just starting to like understand this what what is the majority yeah, of your clients it's interesting look like? so when i started idea cleveland i thought oh i'm gonna find clients that already are kind of doing this but they don't have time to do it themselves because the business has grown what i'm finding though is I'm working with clients that ha- they're starting at ground zero. They're like, I don't have a YouTube channel. I would, I see it's great, but I just, I don't know how to do it. I would love to post on Twitter. I don't know what to post. So I was like, kind of shocked that less people that I work with are at zero because that was not my initial intention. That's not where I wanted to start the company. I was like, I'm going to work with marketing companies. I'm going to find people that already have a plan. And then they just kind of slide right into our strategy. Well, that's not the case. There's so many small business owners that are literally dumbfounded at social media, at SEO. And the other thing is, when you go to these marketing companies and everything, they're expensive. And I never really thought about that. Like, they're spending a lot of money for somebody just to come up with a strategy for them. And they haven't done anything. They're just like, oh, so this strategy cost me five grand, but all right, how much is it going to cost me to implement it? 
Right. Uh, a hundred. Yeah. They haven't even gotten that far. Right. And so it kind of gets people right out immediately. They're like, oh, I can't afford this, so I'm not even going to get into this. But it's sad because social media, YouTube, all this, it's a great equalizer. The We were talking about like Applebee's earlier today. Like Applebee's is a giant corporation. They have 50 people probably working in their marketing and advertising department. Some magical place in this country. I don't know where their headquarters are. But some little local restaurant and bar, you've got the bar owner, they got a staff. But if they put out a proper strategy on their social media content, they could be way more popular locally than Applebee's could ever be. Because they're, they know their niches. They know who they want to target. They are the people that they want to serve. And they can create a giant following on their social media that brings people in. Where it's like, who's going to follow Applebee's on Twitter? But... But these small companies, these small business, it happens in every industry, but these small business owners don't know where to start because the guy that bought the bar, he was like, I was just the back chef or I was a bartender and I decided to buy. Again, marketing and accounting were the two things he didn't want to do. And that's why these small businesses don't do it, unfortunately, even though at the end of the day, it just takes time or a little bit of money, not as much as you might think to create some of this. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we've gone over just a little bit, but before we do that, you know, you've offered a ton of nuggets all throughout this podcast, but to just wrap this up for our listeners, can you give us like three top things as like just good solid nuggets that you've learned in your time as an entrepreneur, but as also as a marketer and helping your clients that you can say, Hey, today, do X, Y, and Z and see what happens. Okay. All right. So I guess think about how much time you spent creating a website. And we all know websites are important, but yet people don't do a YouTube channel, the second largest search engine. And I think it's so unique. So go out, create content on YouTube channel, not advertising, not promotional material, content that helps your clients. I guarantee if you go and you look at your competitors, there's not gonna be a lot that has content out there. Because B2C, there's not that many. People that are on YouTube are traditionally content creators. They're the people that are making money on YouTube. But there's so many advantages for corporations. So if you're a business owner, that'd be step one. Step two, whenever you make content, make it used in so many ways. Don't waste your time making something for one piece. Don't just make a YouTube for YouTube. Turn into the audio. Go to buzzsprout.com. That's a way you can post your audio. I'll keep on giving out websites and everything. I like that. This is yeah. great. This so is really mostly for me. Yeah. Buzzsprout.com. You sign up. It'll put on. You can go to Alexa. Play play Faces of Our Cities podcast. And then it'll play it. Those are the things you want to do. So set that up. Do the social media. Do the blogs. Create all this content. Create that giant content. Create a content calendar. Have the whole thing you know, automated for you. Make that happen. All right. My son, my birthday wasn't too long ago for my third tidbit. I'm going to give someone some crazy life advice that my wife, my son gave me. And I was like, that's brilliant. So you know when it's your birthday and you get all these email offers like Dairy Queens, like, oh, buy one, give a free blizzard. And then Red Ro- uh, Baskin Robbins sends you a free scoop of ice cream. You don't need that all in one month. Fake your birthday. Your birthday's in November. Oh, I want November to be Dairy Queen. I want December to be Baskin Robbins. I want 
January, I want to get the free thing from Cold Stone Creamery or whatever. Like, oh my God, he said that. I was like, that is such a life hack. Like, I don't want all my coupons in November, my birthday. I want them throughout the year. Yeah. Also, the companies don't care. No, they don't. <laughs> that... They just want you to come. And you're only signing up one time. You're not technically cheating. You're not breaking any laws here. Come on, let's be honest. Right, but, but also, like, they don't care. If, if no. you said that your birthday was every month, they'd be like, sweet. He's going to come in at least once a month. This is perfect. He doesn't no know what he's doing. Just the one free item. Let's be honest. You're bringing a posse with you. <laughs> right. Nobody does that. Right. I mean, I would straight up, but but I think you know that's a great. Oh, you're doing great... the buy one get one free blizzards on your own. I'll just oh, have two hard today. Hard no hard wonder hard. you had to join a gym. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a that's a great life hack. I um, I, we should test that out. I let's see how many of those ads we actually use. Like, look, if I'm gonna get these, at least I'll spread them out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good. That's a great point. Okay. All right, I'll take that. Those are really, you know, three really great life hacks. But, but one also, very unique and not what you expected. But hey, I love it. I think those are those are perfect. And I just want to give you some credit, Chris. You are one of the people that had commented on my initial um, exploration uh, of this idea, and you said more or less make your audience members give us like real takeaways things that like can actually be done not these like lofty philosophical fine balance in your life ideas uh oh, <laughs> give us like something real that we can take away and, and try doing and seeing if it works for us um, i mean i'm an so, addict to podcasts i listen to podcasts every day i'm awesome. on way to the office way home I'm that guy that listens at 1.5 times. Yeah. <laughs> I get through more of them. I love it. And But I have a notepad in my car. I'm like a red light. I'm writing things down. I love podcasts that give me something of value. Yeah. And then I, it's weird to say, but like I build these relationships with the host. They don't know who I am. Yeah. But here I am on like Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm sending them messages and questions like a stalker. <laughs> I'm like, hey, on this episode, I really was, had a question, you know. And they respond back like they're a celebrity. I'm shocked, but they're just <laughs> podcast hosts. And let's be honest, someone sends you a message on on LinkedIn asking a question to us about this episode. We shouldn't be shocked, but it's a great way to learn new things. Yeah, and that's the reason you want to, especially as adults. I mean, kids, you want to be entertained. I mean, we want to be entertained too, but we're watching Squid Games on Netflix. Right, <laughs> it's just a weird thing to be entertained by, but yeah, we do enjoy it. Um. But when you were listening to a podcast, you want to get something out of it. Yeah. Definitely. We're getting something out of it for a conversation. But we need to make sure that we call that the third chair in our industry. Sure. Yep. The third chair is you, the listeners. You need to get something out of this conversation. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your time. And and if you are listening and you, you do get something out of this, please feel free to reach out. Uh, let us know. If you didn't get something out of this or you still had questions, um, you can reach out to Chris Inman uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, he's actually really great. He's active on LinkedIn. That's a great place to find him. You can find me there as well. But um, if you have questions or, or uh, any any disgruntled comments or, or opinions, Chris will take those for you. So 
Um, oh, so, thanks. Push them all yeah. off of me. Disgruntled questions. <laughs> all right. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Um, looking forward to our next chat. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.